2: Bring in show music,
0: please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. The board seat raising eyebrows. Oil giant Saudi Aramco's CEO joining up with BlackRock's Larry Fink.
3: I think he has been hammered by the ESG.
2: He got to the point where he won't even say those letters.
0: Management expert Jeff Sonnenfeld on BlackRock's surprising choice.
2: The Saudis are entitled to a voice on this board. They've got a trillion dollars invested in there. I think they're entitled to a voice, but not this guy.
0: And actor and crypto critic from the OC to the Squawk Box set Ben McKenzie on Bitcoin and the Sam Bankman fried interview in his new book.
1: After his empire was, there was nothing there. The, the title of that chapter is "The Emperor's Butt Ass Naked."
0: Plus, Microsoft on an Activision extension. Warren Buffett cutting his stake in the video game maker, and everything else that got us squawking today. Can I just say? You can. This is really fun. You, you never know what it's going to go off too. the rails. It's Tuesday, July 18th. Squawk Pod begins right now.
4: Stand Becky by, In three, two, one. Cue, please.
5: Good morning. Welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We assume you were here yesterday. We were. We are live from the NASDAQ market in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. And here we go again. The gang is all here once again. Till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. But then you'll be back on Thursday?
3: Be back Thursday, and Friday. Okay,
5: so yeah. four out of five days? Four
3: not out of five. Not bad for July. Not bad, for July. not
5: bad for July. Reminds me. A we'll take it.
4: College. Well, not.
5: B, barely. Bit, a
4: little bit higher.
5: <laughs> barely a B?
4: Microsoft reportedly now in talks about extending the deadline, as you might imagine, closed the $69 billion deal for Activision Blizzard, which is set to expire today. The expiration of the contract would not automatically kill the deal, it would just open up a window for either party to walk away. In seeking an extension, sources telling Reuters it would ensure that Activision is not, quote, wooed by another potential suitor. Who do you think the said suitor would be? At this point. That's is a good, there, good Is there question. really another suitor, or is it really more an issue of whether Activision would want to just go on its own? Go on its Going own. Zone. Yeah.
5: You know, there's always stuff swirling in that in, in that arena. Right. Who knows? Yep. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if there was a potential other partnership, other people waiting to see if the deal fell apart, but I don't know of anybody. I don't right. you know
3: if you believe in... Specific. Meta, if you believe in those goggles, it's all about, that's ga- all I can figure. Game,
5: yeah, and, and they have a huge audience. Activision right. Blizzard has they a do. huge audience with a lot of the things that they have. Some new disclosures, by the way, from Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway reveal that the company actually cut its stake in Activision to 14.7 million shares. That's just under 2% from more than 6% back in March, as its deal with Microsoft approaches the finish line. Buffett uh, first started Purchase, or Berkshire first started purchasing a stake in Activision Blizzard in October and November of 2021. It wasn't revealed until May of 2022 at the annual meeting when Buffett said it on stage. He said that that was going to be... Um, Something he was looking at as an arbitrage play, and at the point it was more than nine percent of the shares outstanding. A later filing revealed that it had dropped to just above six percent, and now we're hearing this. By the way, the average cost of that came in at seventy-seven dollars a share. So I think they've made a pretty tidy profit on all of this. This, this just
4: reflects how a good arb would do it, though, right? right. I mean, you want to get out. You, you, you want to get out before it's totally done, especially if right now things are a little bit. Unless you think you're supposed to wait and. Well, After they, the last I, couple I think dollars. he said
5: at the annual meeting when he revealed the stake, which, by the way, Bobby Kodak heard about it, the, the CEO of Activision Blizzard heard about it because Buffett talked about it on stage at the annual meeting. Right. We were there. I think that's why yep. we remember it, too. Um, he said at the time, it's always tricky being an ARB because. You're not gonna get more than $95 a share if $95 a share is the purchase price, yep. but it could drop significantly below that. So it is how an ARB does right it. Right
3: I call almost. Yeah. You know exactly what, what your upside is. Oh boy, Sonnenfeld's gonna be on. Um, first the PGA Tour, right? Now BlackRock, naming the CEO of Aramco. Amin Nasser to its board, the world's largest asset manager, saying the move reflects the firm's emphasis on the Middle East. As part of its long term strategy and will give it a unique perspective on key issues. NASA has held the top position at Aramco since 2015 and oversaw the public listing uh, of the oil company in 2019. It's just an interesting uh, sort of acceptance of the world the way it is
4: instead of the way I think you'd like it to be, maybe. I don't know. I, I think at this point you have to decide that Larry, the this, business world has, yep. has moved on from. From that, and from Khashoggi and everything else, and thank That's God, the, because
3: uh, if we're going to really be so cozy with China, it's like, you know, it's Saudi Arabia. Not only, it, it, at the, I'm not saying it's a one-off. I'm not saying it was good. It was a horrible situation. But compared to what's happening every day, if you're going to look at one thing, you can't really look away uh, but from how, the other how stuff. But how does
5: this play out? I mean, does that? People give, say it's because Larry just
3: Larry felt that he was just. See now I think Larry should come back now I'm with him now I'm okay thank you Larry finally you you're, you're we're sort of on the same side but is of there this a message? we're going to need oil and yet the, the all the woke I think he has been hammered by the ESG, he got to the point where he won't even say those letters, even in you when the he ad- when he says the al- yeah when he ad- what, yeah when he does the alphabet he goes A B C D F G H I J K uh, he, he goes through he won't even say them if he does the alphabet he's he's been hammered so much for that so now but to bring the really the CEO of Ramco on your board. Well, at BlackRock, after also, you've been Mr. Wind, solar, and, you know, climate change. For,
5: I mean, I think they've had some stuff in the Middle East that they've been pretty active with. Well, on. at least now that,
3: yeah, now they're actually, instead of just talking the talk, yeah, you can talk the talk. I mean, you know, every rich liberal has a house on the ocean, every one. So, you know, somehow it doesn't jibe with, with their lifestyle. It's not true. A lot Some of,
5: of them that. are in the mountains. <laughs>
3: Some of them. A lot, they got a, a house in the mountains. After they have but one they, they on can, the
4: ocean already, they can afford to lose the house if there's no insurance. Exactly. That, that's right. the difference. right when they can't get it. <laughs> no, that's the different.
5: I, I, anyway. I, sure. I
4: saw your tweet last night. Oh, what was oh your about tweet?
3: Uh, someone so, said that. No, was, I, that's because I saw something yesterday that said the lifestyle of liberal climate activists and total climate are identical. Nobody has changed. the... You haven't changed, nobody's changed their lives, nobody's eating bugs.
5: Oh, but Andrew's right, they can afford to self
3: they, Right, That's they, the they, point, right. you can
4: feel bad You can buy people. carbon offsets no, like No, you can feel terrible for people right. who are in Florida who can't get, you know, farmers insurance well, or whatever that, it is, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's actually an ESG or liberal thing. I think, you know, well, down there, in Florida, there are people with lots of dough who are going to decide, you know what,
5: I'll take a flyer. Build their,
3: I mean, it, literally, it, there's parts of the Outer Banks in North Carolina where it's like the sixth house that's been on the same... Same place. Piece of property. Yeah. It's up on stilts, but those stilts really don't.
5: The property is great during low tide. It, it, it,
3: it's really nice. It's got a beautiful view. Uh, but what you know, Sonnenfeld? Oh my God! I can't imagine. He must be. Uh, his head's exploding. Oh
5: well, I he's going to be joining us a little. Well, bit. He, he will be. He will be.
3: I'm just going to say, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Sonnenfeld, go. And then uh, hopefully we'll be out of here by 9 o'clock, but I'm not guaranteeing it.
5: You do realize we're actually on air. Sometimes we feel so comfortable. We oh, wait say a anything we right. think.
4: We're not in break
3: right now?
5: <laughs> can I just say? You can. This is really fun. Like, it is. It's... At six oh
3: eight. in the morning. Well, it's living dangerously because you never know when it's going. No,
5: I'm just saying. You never I'm know when it's going to go off too. the rails. We you don't just, get to see no. each other often no. enough. It's not often that all three of us are on set during the summer when we've all had conferences and all kinds of crazy vacations and things planned. But it's very nice to be here with
4: Nice it. to see you all. Yes. There you go. Three hours. Just the three-hour show.
5: No.
3: I, I know. I don't want We have. I just don't want anything. No, I don't want anything to hit. Oh. No. I don't want the, the the minnow to you know hit a bunch of rocks. Yeah, exactly.
0: Cheese will be next. Coming up, the actor against Bitcoin. Ben McKenzie, best known from the O.C. in Gotham, on his crypto journey from acolyte to antagonist.
1: Do you think eventually there will not be something called Bitcoin? It's a story. It'll last as long as people believe in it.
0: SquawkPod will be right back.
6: From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive...
0: This is Squawk Pod. Good
4: morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Actor Ben McKenzie is here. He's known for his role in the OC and Gotham. He's been a vocal critic of the cryptocurrency industry. After delving into the world of crypto and interviewing players from regular holders to Sam Bankman Freed, his scrutiny has led him to challenge its flaws and shortcomings and even testified in front of the Senate Banking Committee. He's got a new book out. It's called Easy Money, Cryptocurrency. Casino Capitalism and the Golden Age of Fraud. It's co-authored with the journalist Jacob Silverman. He Highlights the inherent risks and practices within the industry. Joining us right now is Ben McKenzie. Good morning. Good morning. So how did you first, and we were talking about it off, off screen here, but how did you first get interested in this and decide that you wanted to go? I mean, you started writing articles about what, a couple of years ago about yeah. this and, and sort of taking to Twitter with your views of, of crypto. But how did this really evolve?
1: Well, like most Americans, I stumbled onto crypto through a friend of mine. A buddy of mine told me I should buy Bitcoin. Unfortunately, that friend of mine had given me the worst financial advice of my life. What, what, in my hold on, what, what,
4: what was the price of Bitcoin at the time?
1: Uh, pff, 2021, somewhere between like 40 and 50,000 or something probably. Okay. Uh, he said I should buy it. I said, okay, what is this stuff? I have a degree in economics and uh, they weren't currencies. I mean, people weren't using them like currencies. They were using them as investments. That was odd to me. I didn't quite understand what that meant. Um, So I went down the rabbit hole, and I just looked at the market structure, which is very interesting. Of course, most of the volume in crypto runs through overseas exchanges. Uh, Sam Bankman-Fried's FTX, headquartered in the Bahamas, uh, Binance, which we actually don't know where that's headquartered. They have no headquarters, or so they claim. But there's a lot of shell corporations in the Caribbean that they're affiliated with. So that was interesting to me. So you're talking about an unregulated, unlicensed marketplace, more or less, run through shell corporations in the Caribbean.
4: Interesting. And you lost how much? Oh, I know. I hate
1: to disappoint the bros. I I was a little early and I did lose initially, but then I doubled down, which
4: you should never do. And I I actually did okay. You did okay? Yeah. So you doubled down what when it was down at what, 15 or 20 or, I mean, it went back down to 30,000? Oh, I wasn't like shorting Bitcoin directly. I wouldn't do that. I don't trust the marketplace. It's the, the, the
1: marketplace is pretty bad.
5: That's your biggest concern with it, the marketplace. And how well, my biggest
1: actually. concern is regular people who've lost a lot of money. You know, 40 to 50 million Americans invested in cryptocurrency. Most of them have lost money. Um, cryptocurrency, the market closely resembles a Ponzi scheme or multi-level marketing scheme. And studies have shown that in MLMs, 99% of people lose. And the 1% benefits in crypto, Uh, It would be the exchange owners, it would be the VC firms, it would be uh, the people that issue the coins.
5: Would it be fixed if the regulatory structure were different, if the SEC or the CFTC or Congress laid rules to say which one of them was supposed to be in charge?
1: That would definitely help.
5: You think it it could be fixed? Crypto has benefited
1: enormously from the gray area between how we classify securities and commodities. Bitcoin was classified as a commodity in 2014, I believe. Because of a strict reading of the CEA, the Commodity Exchange Act of 1936, which, you know, their futures are being traded of Bitcoin, and therefore you could classify it as a commodity because it had not been classified.
4: How as... much of your issue is around Bitcoin versus the other currencies? Because I, I could even make an argument that argument that the other currencies are even more uh, precarious, if you will, than where Bitcoin really is. Well, that's certainly true. I mean, even worse is uh, is probably how I would say
1: it. I mean. At least with Bitcoin, theoretically, the number is limited. Right, there are only twenty-one million Bitcoin right. that can ever be mined. Um, Bitcoiners usually make a conflation there. They they confuse limited supply with scarcity. Those are not the same things, as anyone with a degree in economics knows. Scarcity only occurs when demand exceeds supply at the price of zero. So something can be limited in supply and scarce because there's demand for it. Or it can be limited in supply, but not scarce.
4: Right. Okay, You should talk to this gentleman over here, Mr. Joe. No, Curry. I, I, uh, because no, we had, we, we are. Because Joe, Joe is, Joe likes Bitcoin. I do, okay. but I, I bought it in,
3: at 4,000, and at the time, said, at the next halving, is it possible to go to 50 or 55, and it went from four to, to 62, so I had a much different experience uh, than you, sold most of it at 50, I guess gonna, I didn't have a lot. Uh, in it, but, but, but I read money, and I don't. I'm not. No, uh, no. Yeah, I, I, so... I, and we have Tom Lee on earlier. This he's great, smart guy, stock analyst. Thinks Bitcoin's going to two hundred thousand. So mm-hmm. we have you know Kathy Wood, um, BlackRock uh, wants to have a an ETF, uh, Fidelity, Charles wait, wait, Schwab, wait, 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 uh, just... Paul Tudor Jones as long, Stan Druckenmiller, sure, sure, and just across the board. It didn't take me long to understand. How the unbank could benefit from this, and I also understand the distributed ledgers, and I understand it, it was only—I I mean, I didn't. You say you did a deep dive. It only took me about 20 pages of the Bitcoin Standard to understand that this was probably something that. Do you think BlackRock So you think so all they, these firms are going to have egg on their face? So it's going. The it's democratized, a
1: democratized, decentralized future of money is blocked you by BlackRock. I don't know. Maybe they may. I mean, if 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 they think it's uh, gold, if they think it's and if oh, they that's why I was... Yeah. Digital gold. Right, exactly. And that's why I was explaining the difference between uh, no, supply and scarcity. No, I heard that, but so scarcity. a lot of smart people are, so are fooled by it. You think it's going to zero eventually? No, that's, that's like a... I mean, look, Where do you it's think a it's going story. It, I, I can't predict the future anymore than anyone else, but I you would think say it's this. You it's going lower? Yes. Okay. It, 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 do you think eventually there will not be something called Bitcoin? It's a story. It'll last as long as people believe
4: in it. But that's what that I I'm with him in that regard. It is a it's I mean, to the extent that gold is a story of no, so I I think yeah, it course. I
3: think it's a real it, the, the six or seven characteristics that gold have are all manifested. But in, I think that
5: maybe the most important part of what you've laid out is it doesn't matter if you believe in Bitcoin or any of these or not, it's the exchanges. Yeah, if the right. exchanges right. are run by complete fraudsters and Ponzi schemes right. you're hosed either way. Right. Exactly. But, I,
3: great point. But if you bought any pandemic darling you lost the same amount as you lost in bitcoin no yeah you did zoom netflix was 700 it went to 200. the same percentage losses are across the board in any of the 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 stock market look at the high and lows on on any of the the meta Just was at 80. It's back to 300. It had already made the round trip. So the percentage losses aren't, even with blue chip companies, you see 50% down.
1: FTX claimed 1.2 million retail traders in the United States alone. Those people can't get their money out. Celsius claimed a million. Now you're
3: talking about the FTX and you're that, talking that about Binance. It's, it's not true. talking about
1: the underlying asset.
5: Yeah, but that's but what it's started the underlying asset is traded through
1: the exchanges. We
3: no, brought. I understand. But, but you, can ha-
1: you don't need to trade Bitcoin. You have your own wallet and just yeah, keep it. Yeah, that's not how it works. People trade it through the exchanges.
3: That's and I think it's fair to
5: be concerned about the people who got ripped off by those exchanges. Yeah, the I mean, look, I definitely. Respect,
3: but it, you don't
1: blame it on Bitcoin. You blame it on the exchanges. On Satoshi Nakamoto? Uh, look, I'm don't. i, I I'm sorry, I, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, glib here. I, I've spent two years investigating this, agency, this industry. I've interviewed Sam Bankman-Fried, now indicted for fraud. Right. I interviewed Alex Mashinsky, who was arrested last week and indicted for fraud. I've written articles about Binance, the biggest exchange in, in the crypto industry by a country right. mile. I have done my homework. If people disagree with me, read my book. It's Feel th- But that's like talking about bucket shops that
3: trade stocks. And, and they're, they're all out of business, and, and they're you know, they all fall by the wayside. Star- even even blue chip firms like like Bear Stearns fall by the wayside. That doesn't mean stocks are a scam. It doesn't mean that that they're inherently worthless. This opinion, by the way, mm-hmm. does is not unique. And I'd say most people think of Bitcoin. I, I still get pet rock. I still get Beanie Babies. I still get tulip bulbs. Most of the people that do that certainly haven't looked into it as much as you. And 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 most of them have zero. Knowledge of how it actually works. You, you've read the Bitcoin Standard. You've read some of those books.
1: I have re- I've read the white paper. %uh okay. The let's use the stock analogy. So, if Bitcoin is an investment like a like a share of stock, what is it an investment in? What is the revenue stream, the good, the service that's being provided? What, what is how does gold work? well gold is thought of traditionally as a store of value and people put believe in it but andrew was making this point earlier what is it actually
4: i mean it's a thought yeah it's, it's pretty not a so, currency it's not, by the way any currency yes. can't have great inflation because yeah, if it we're was thought about constantly being inflated you'd never right. use it why is gold had value for 2000 years because it's, not it's, because it's a
3: story it's using, it,
1: because not people be, ascribe
4: value to it which <laughs> pretty is pretty good story a, it is a good story and it's really pretty <laughs> I mean, ben, ben and I agree more than more well, than disagree. I know, so you're not.
1: I know you've agreed from a thousand all the way to sixty-four thousand. Yeah, right. and happy to do so. Sorry, I made a little money betting it was all bologna. Well, now I'm it's fine. thirty thousand,
3: and we'll see from here whether it goes back right. to two hundred thousand like Tom Lee. I'll make it a wager down. with it if no, I a wager if you want. I don't need a wager I'm not going to make
4: a wager with the guy from the OC. Ben, let me All ask you right. just one last question. What was the greatest, as you did this, as you really d- dug into this, greatest yeah. revelation in, in the book? I know you don't want to probably give it away completely because you want to sell some books, but what was the thing that really surprised you? You sort of went in with a thesis and a premise, but. I kept thinking, at some point, someone's going to be able
1: to explain this to me in a way that I understand. And I sat with Sam Bankman Fried. The purported J.P. Morgan of crypto. And you probably had this experience. I mean, you interviewed him yep. right after mm-hmm. his empire was, there was nothing there. The, the title of that chapter is The Emperor's Butt-Ass Naked. <laughs> so I'll let people read the
4: book and they can make their own conclusions. And this is Cable. Ben, thank you. Appreciate it. Great, Great to see you. You. Thanks. Thank you.
0: Next on Squawk Pod.
4: Ladies and gentlemen,
3: Jeff Sonnenfeld. Go!
0: the leadership and management expert on BlackRock's controversial decision to add the CEO of oil giant Saudi Aramco to its board.
2: Amin Nasser might be a delightful person, but in symbolically and substantively representing Aramco, that is the wrong player here. Unless Larry Fink really wants to blur their image on the ESG front, then that's pretty good.
0: We'll be right back.
6: Canva presents Unexplained Appearances.
0: Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Joe Kernan. Stand by Joe, here's Mike, you.
3: BlackRock naming the CEO of Aramco, Amin Nasser, uh, to its board, the world's largest asset manager, has been a proponent of the financial industry's adoption of ESG strategies. BlackRock says the move will give it a unique perspective on key issues. Uh, Joining us now to talk about the decision is Jeff Sonnenfeld, Senior Associate Dean for Leadership Uh, studies at Yale University School of Management as well as a CNBC uh, contributor on face value uh, uh, Jeff it's good to see you but on face value BlackRock's global they do have a presence in the Middle East I could almost accept that uh, you know you can't change the world because you can't change the world in one fell swoop being part of it being part of the process maybe you work from from within and, and maybe affect uh, an improvement in, in, in things that you see in the world. Are, are you, do you dismiss this out of hand as a, um, a, a smart move for Larry Fink and BlackRock? Uh,
2: I dismiss this out of hand, but not for the reasoning you said. I share your perspective as a globalist. I don't share your perspective on appeasement always being the right way to go, or the, the current term for it is constructive engagement. That often doesn't work, but in particular, The Saudis are entitled to a voice on this board. They've got a trillion dollars invested in there. I think they're entitled to a voice, but not this guy. Uh, Amin Nasser might be a delightful person, but symbolically and substantively representing Aramco, that is the wrong player here, unless uh, Larry Fink really wants to blur their image on the ESG front, then that's pretty good. Uh, But Aramco has not been in support of U.S. policies. They have been undermining the allies whether or not it's to help Putin with these uh, completely unjustified production cuts. I mean, cutting their nose to spite their face. They've they've cut about the, the 4 billion barrels a day of production in the last 10 months, completely unjustified, unless they either want to help Putin or try to hurt the Biden economy, or Lord knows what they want to do, uh, make up for their their failed investments elsewhere as they've tried to diversify. And it's that it's been a fiasco for them and the from the the vision fund to neom has been disastrous so whatever their motives are it's not in our interests and and it's because of these misguided motives that we've actually cut the 100 billion dollar actually put a pause on oh, a an unparalleled 100 billion dollar weapons transfer of highly sensitive systems to the saudis for full control i mean jeff the uh so if if they if it was just a
3: hydrocarbon producer the biggest in the world but didn't have all of these the this history of being anti uh, against our interests the united states would, would then would it be okay or is it because then i think we get into the whole issue of of, of china and and what uh how companies should be um negotiating that are walking that fine line Uh, Because a lot of things that China and and it's weird for for me watching you over over the months, Jeff, in terms of Russia, how how strident you've been. You you don't speak out against China uh, the same way. I don't really understand that. Uh,
2: Well, the the topic today is is Saudi. I'm not opposed to Saudi. Uh, I'm opposed to Aramco being represented, given the misconduct of Aramco. And I've shared this with a couple of board members on the Aramco board. Uh, that, that's a problem. If uh, uh, China, by the way, has been uh, surprisingly uh, supportive of in, in some ways of what we're doing in, in Russia. In fact, uh, the largest uh, 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 some of the largest petrochemical companies, Sinochem and Sinopec, on February 24th of last year, they cut all ties immediately. The largest banks in China, several of them, uh, from Bank of China to ICBC, larger than virtually any bank we have on this airways, they cut all ties with China right away. And thankfully, so far, they're not supplying uh, any any great extent of uh, we- weapons uh, to Russia. Uh, but yeah, is uh, but the issue here being Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia's misconduct. They're not on our side. These that frankly they're not on their own side if Larry Fink wanted to give them good investment advice he'd tell them don't cut the production because it's cost them uh, hundreds of billions of dollars themselves yeah, but, as little bit of following
4: yes but, but here here's the thing that i can't can't figure out about this decision this morning which is you know for the last 5 and 10 years um, you saw Larry Fink and you saw BlackRock very aggressively talk about ESG, and in particular, climate. In fact, I remember doing an interview with, with him where he talked about climate and carbon as being one of the central issues of his life, of his life. He then gets tortured in the last two years, uh, torched, really, uh, by, the, by the right, uh, GOP states uh, that decide we're not going to do business with you under these conditions. It appears, to some degree, he is now placating that group and i imagine may shoot himself in the foot uh again on the other side and what i what i fear is that people are going to think that this firm has just flip-flopped from one side to the other side to, you know and just uh, you know wh- whatever the wind uh, is
2: blowing today is the way we're going i couldn't agree with you more uh andrew he he clearly is um is swinging like a pendulum here it's got to be confusing a lot of people i mean there are several absolutely there are excesses uh, and, and opportunists who, who hijacked the, quote, ESG cause, they lo- it got blurred. We have 1,600 mutual funds and private equity funds uh, that are chasing ESG-designated investments. 1,600, there are only 5,000 public companies. It's absurd. A lot of them are ridiculous. Uh, but in, in this case, he's got, I guess, about a trillion dollars that are dedicated to ESG out of the $9 trillion that BlackRock has. Uh, so they're not purely defined by this, and there's plenty of choice. He's opened up choice to investors whether or not they want to go down, uh, you know, how they want to vote on the referenda. So BlackRock's been great on that front. However, the Saudis and in particular they're entitled to a Saudi voice, a Saudi seat, but not this company. This is the exact wrong company. So uh, uh and not just on the fossil fuel issue, just on where they are in undermining US policy, undermining the allies on all fronts, which is why the United States government has cut off. they they were getting THAAD missiles, Patriot missiles. They were not just getting full operational control. We were manufacturing them, 100 percent manufacturing them in Saudi Arabia and giving them financial control and the intellectual property control. All of our allies combined didn't have a deal like that, that we gave them in 2017, the same year, by the way, that 500 Saudis were imprisoned in the Riyadh uh, Ritz-Carlton and shaken down for a for almost a trillion dollars uh and some uh, port- reportedly tortured with there being no trials uh any public trials over all this this is who our business partner is not even getting into the khashoggi deal of course which was you know the murder one year later and that that davos in the desert just as a parallel i happen to like larry fink but andrew you were the first to pull out of the davos in the desert and forgive me for saying this but i and i'm not pandering it just happens to be a fact i think you triggered that whole a very important statement of the of the global business community when you pulled out everybody followed Jamie Dimon everybody except Larry Fink was the last you were the first he was the last and and I I just think there's a concern here. It's, it's fascinating to watch. Didn't last very. I hope long. we have an opportunity to talk to Larry directly
4: about it because it's. Well, it's, it's, I, I, it's I want an him interesting back topic. on the show. I want him back on the show
3: now. This was like right. an olive branch for me. Now I, I like Larry. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I like him again. That he's living in the real world again, Jeff. You know, in um, Aramco, it's like the largest hydrocarbon producer. It's like, yeah, It's, yeah, like, not deal, it's right. like not dealing you, with China. We're not going to deal you, with China you because oil, you, you have, oil, have to do it. 100%. We need we need the oil. You like. You have a great life. Well, I know you're an academic, but other people no, have actual are you Joe? businesses we, and we're jobs. Producing,
2: we're producing 9 billion barrels a, a, a day of oil. I know, they're, they're, I know, but we need, we need all in, Jeff. We need gallons. it all.
3: Just like you always say, wind and solar we... and all the biofuels. We need it all. We need an all-in energy strategy because we're at 82% of the global energy is still hydrocarbons, Jeff. So, I mean, it, it's business, Sonny. It's business. Nothing
0: personal. And that does it for Squawk Pod today. But if you want more, follow us wherever you're listening now. And turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode. All sorts of treats await you. Like CNBC's interview with Disney CEO Bob Iger. That's just a few pods up in our feed. Check it out. Our TV broadcast, Squawk Box, is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings to CNBC at 6 Eastern, And podcast listeners, we'll meet you right back here tomorrow.
1: We are clear. Thanks, guys.